encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. Welcome to Coach and Joe. My name is Chad Norris, and I'm here with Micah Usri for part two of a conversation. I want to look at a verse that you mentioned something. It just went off inside of me last time we recorded, and I want to break this down. And this is from the Lord's mouth. Um, He's talking about the harvest. He talks about in this passage, the harvest is not the problem. What's the problem? You remember? Yeah, he says, ask the Lord to send out laborers. Shakababa, there it is. And so some translation is workers. Talk to me about the difference while I look it up, the difference in workers and harvest. The harvest is those who, I mean, they're lost. They can't help themselves. Um, The harvest can't harvest themselves. Okay. You know, uh, the farmer doesn't wait for the the wheat to show up on his doorstep. He's got to go get it. Lost can even be those in Christ who are just broken, need healing. Yep. I got a word of knowledge over your wife this morning about someone in her life that I just see there's just an assignment on. So it could be someone in Christ, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's a, uh, but I mean, that's the main thing. The, the, there has to be proximity. You have to, they have, there has to, you have to go get those people. And so you can't do that standing far off. So the problem is not those out there that need the Father. Uh, what if it's this? And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. By the way, he did most of that outside the synagogue and temple. Mm-hmm. Hello. When he saw the crowds, he had a compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, those closest to him, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into the harvest. So I've been discipling you for a while. Okay, to what end? Oh, great sermon, Brother Michael. Michael. Great sermon, Brother Chet. Okay, that's fine. I basically had a meltdown on stage last week, telling Mm -hmm. my whole testimony and cried. I don't know half of what I said. I just feel broken. God's good. He's loving all over me. I think the end is into the harvest. Yep. So the harvest is out there. How then, what are some practical steps that we can put a focus on the laborers? What is this whole methodology you see him talking about here? I think it's a, it's a focus. He's saying, no, I want you to focus on praying that the father would send out laborers into the har- harvest. So there's a prayer aspect of it. And, but that puts, it's, we're setting our hearts, setting our minds on this is what his goal is. His goal is not to, He's not going to go and get them himself. He wants to co-labor with us to send out laborers into the harvest. And that means that it may be, it may be me. So I think you start asking the question, am I supposed to be in the marketplace? At the very least, am I supposed to stop maybe spending all my time in my home or in my office and maybe go to a coffee shop and actually meet some people and be around people mm-hmm. that I don't know? Um, you know what a lot of people disassociate into? Cultures of prayer. Mm-hmm. A culture of prayer that does not have an out into the marketplace can become very religious. Mm-hmm. You say, oh, I spent 12 hours in prayer today. You might ought to spend 30 minutes in prayer and 11 and a half hours out in the harvest. Right. That's why I love playing golf where I do. Being around people, broken people. This is some serious metanoia going on. Yep. Matthew 4, 17, first thing ever came out of his mouth, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, what does that mean? Repent's changing the way you think, metanoia. I think if we can get people thinking along 
the mica pathway, they may realize, okay, I love God with all my heart. Maybe he's calling me to be a doctor. Not for the sake of building my own career or even wealth. What if, if you focus more on your client than you do your product, that he sells more of your product? Right. I feel like he's showing me for you right now. You're going to see a dramatic increase in your business when you don't focus on the product, but you focus on ministering to the person. How does it, tell me about a session. How long does it last when you, you're with the client selling the product? Uh, anywhere from uh, 10 minutes to an hour. You know, it depends on how they respond. You know, if they'll stay with me and they want to talk more than I just kind of read them and respond to them. Um, they really serve their needs. Some people are in a hurry. Some people are. Have you seen the prophetic hit yet? Mm-hmm. Tell me a story. I just had a situation last week where uh, a lady started <laughs> telling me that she she I asked her how she started signing because in on her forum of the lead that I had it says she was a sign like a like for deaf people like a sign teacher. So I said, how did you get into that? And she said, well, I was about to teach a Sunday school class the uh, on a Saturday night. I had a dream, and the dream the Lord told me to. <sighs> do the the uh the song that we were going to do in sunday school sign it now she does it professionally she sent me a youtube video of this video that she did uh to a, a song dedicated to her son who had passed away and um it was so anointed so i got to just spend some time prophesying over her about the, the anointing that's on her um her husband started to prophesy over me um just wow that's probably the most crazy encounter I've had with a prophetic since with, with a client since I've started it. You know what the father doesn't like? Why do we have a model where people will pay a bunch of money and it costs a church a lot of money to bring one of these so-called quote unquote prophets or prophetic people in. And we come to this building, a building to hopefully receive a word from the prophet. Why are we not all growing in First Corinthians fourteen one and taking what we're learning out there into the harvest? Yeah. Somehow, instead of it being about out there, it just turned into, especially in America, the last hundred years in in here. God's an out there God, church without yeah. walls. Here's what I love about this and what I'm learning, what he's showing me. This is not like some new strategy from heaven. The devil realized he cannot defeat the church, so he just joined it. The success is counted by how many people are coming to your building. Yeah. And we turn these lead pastors into little demigods, and many of them love it. Oh, it feels good. You need me. <laughs> I, I think it's great to, for someone like you, let's, ta- let's take this thought pattern, for instance. I think a wise pattern of praying is, Father, who are some laborers that I can invest in, discipleship, raise them up through life on life, normal life, so that they can go out into the harvest? Where are the football coaches in love with the father? Where are the school teachers, the doctors, the lawyers? Mm-hmm. I do find it interesting. Taught me through this passage. Jesus prays all night. You know who he's praying for? I've never thought this until right now. For the father to bring him the laborers that he will raise. What's the difference in covenant and kingdom? And why is uh, why is it dangerous to only talk about covenant and not kingdom? I mean, I, I learned this the hard way recently. I, I felt like God had abandoned me when I started in business. And I'm learning. I'm, I already have that fear, terrified. You know, am I going to even be able to do this? I got to replace an income, all these things. And then I feel like I'm an unbeliever. Like God doesn't even like me. You know, I don't, I don't want to talk to him and he doesn't want to talk to me. 
And I, I started asking him, what is going on with me? I was real focused on work. So kind of just distracted with that spiritually. Yeah. And I woke up one morning and I was drinking a cup of coffee and I'm standing looking out my window in my kitchen and just as clear as day, he says, the reason that you feel separate from me is because you're doubting your assignment in the marketplace. And as soon as it, and so he, he showed me that if we, if we deny our kingdom assignment, then we can't really walk in covenant. You know, there's a, they're, they're, they're together. They're not separate. Um, and so it's for us as a son, what that means for me is you want to work with me. Like I love when he, you know, loves on me and, and speaks to me and gives me an affirm, you know, affirmative word or whatever. But in this season, I need him to work with me. That's one of the biggest ways he can show his love to me, you know, and, uh, doubting what he's, he's the kingdom assignment, um, will actually sow a, a seed of doubt in just whether or not he even loves us. You know, there's a big difference in a teacher and a spiritual father. You and me had some bumpy roads. Mm-hmm. They were good roads. Now looking on it, I, I'm held most accountable in my relationship with you, with the father and others around here, but I did what I had to do. Now, not only are you out of the nest, I'm watching you and Lindsay, I'm watching this aha thing happen mm-hmm. of, wait a minute. This has been you all along. Your journey is the journey of so many others. Here's how God wants the desire to partner with you as a father and a son. You're going to help do two things, shake nest and help, help the little bird stop shaking. Here's why. What are we down here for? I'm being dead honest, Michael. Like, I've written three books. Who cares? Like, it's not that big a deal. I would thought when I was young, oh, you're out of book. I've been a lead pastor for eight years, nine years, seven here. Uh, getting a doctorate. I mean, there's some things. It's like, oh, you've accomplished some stuff in your life. Right. I went to a funeral Sunday of a friend of mine, 72 years old. He's with Jesus. Name's Frank. He was Santa Claus at the mall. I'm not so sure that man didn't have more influence with his life than I ever have. And here's why I think we're down here to go into the harvest and just love people to Abba. Mm-hmm. The harvest is out there. Your journey, your mess is actually your message. So here's what has to happen. You have to get acclimated to the new normal, which is actually an old normal. It's, it's in the word. It's right. in the new church, in the new Testament church. What would you say? Cause you're going to be on stage this Sunday with me. We're going to talk about this out. I'm going to talk a little bit, then I'm going to leave you up there and just let you talk. I had enough meltdown last week. You can do yours this week. Someone that's saying, Dad Gummit, I, I do. I, I feel, I just feel called to be a doctor. Let's take Emily Zamatis, one yeah. of our students. She's got this lawyer thing burning on her. It's not right now, but it's downrange. How do you walk it out? What has this community, how has this community helped you feel a little bit isolated on purpose from all but also not alone. What are some practical things you've learned in the last six months that you could give away to help someone learn this shaky new normal? I mean, the biggest thing is that God wants to partner with you in your marketplace assignment, the same way that he wants to partner with you in a prayer line. It's the same. It's not, not less at all. You know, um, if you have a calling of being an apostle or a prophet, that anointing, doesn't discriminate between overt ministry and marketplace calling. It's the same anointing. 
And so you can ch choose to just be to believe that, believe that just because you're not going into a, the Holy Spirit's desire isn't to just do uh, ministry work in the church context. He wants to minister to anyone everywhere, always. And so when we know that God is with us, that changes everything. When we, and, and I think for me, I mean, it's been an ongoing journey even before this of not having my identity wrapped up in what I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so for me to, to see God move in the marketplace, um, it's not better, but it is, it's beautiful, you know, to, to know him in that way and to partner with him. Um, and there's, I think there's so many people that have that calling or that assignment that feel like they're less than because they're not on a stage or they're not, you know, doing whatever. Um, what it's was just the not stage true. in the early church? I'm not trying to be funny. What was it before Constantine? There was <laughs> no not stage. one. No. What happened? Is it the devil? Yeah, absolutely. Stage. Absolutely. You know, you know, there were stage actors in Rome. Stage actors. They turned into pastors. Here's what fascinates me. And I, I tip my cap to the devil. Do not ever underestimate him. It's like you read about in Jude, like sober-minded, like he is brilliant. Do you realize he joined God's church and has helped play his role to formulate a method that looks nothing like the early church? Yep. Nothing. I, I call it the Chick-fil-A culture. I love Chick-fil-A. But it's like, you know, you don't only have to eat at Chick-fil-A Chick because you're a Christian, like, Darkness needs a little bit of light too. I'm not going to name some other restaurants, but go to Burger King, get your burger once in a while. Uh, you, I'm, I'm cutting out bread a little bit at times, and you brought me something. I took the bread off, and I'll be honest, I ate a McDonald's double quarter pounder with cheese today with no bread. And bacon too. It had bacon on You put bacon on A little bit of bacon. I, I looked at it, and I was like, this? Yeah. It, um, it's embarrassing to do that, to be honest. Cause it's like, does anybody? I mean, they sells they it says they sell hundred billion burgers a day or whatever it is, <laughs> but it's almost like, oh, no, I'm, I'm too good for that. I'll go to cookout. <laughs> My point is this: if we're not careful, we'll stay in bubbles our whole life and keep our light around other light. Maybe God's gonna bring you some people battling with some dark stuff, and you're not just selling a product. They need light. Yeah. How'd you, are you on a journey of seeing the practicality of that? Where are you at on that journey? Or are you like, no, this is it. I'm going for it. Are you still wobbly? Uh, I mean, I think there's, I'll always have a little bit of wobble. I think as long as you're doing, as long as you're stretching yourself and doing something you haven't done before, there's going to be shakiness. But um, for me, I mean, I, I feel like stepping into business, there's been a lot of personal hope. Um it's like the ceilings kind of come off of my creativity, different things. When you're in the bubble, that bubble has a ceiling. There's limitations. There's limitations on people you can reach, success that you can have, financial limitations. There's all kinds of things, whatever that bubble is that you're putting yourself in to make you feel safe. Um, you'd be surprised on the other side of that fear is a lot of hope and a lot of opportunity to uh, to help people and serve people. And not, not even selfishly, but God wants us to be successful. Um, he does. And we can really shoot ourselves in the foot by not exploring 
maybe things that challenge us or, you know, things that can really look scary. Um, right on the other side of that could be maybe the biggest thing that's ever happened to us. One day he shows me, you're going to be a very wealthy person financially and it's not going to touch you. And you never got into this for that. You're on the journey of discomfort. And I gave you a word a few years ago and now it makes sense. I said, God wants you to do exercise that is like borderline barbaric. I see you doing exercises that are like, Hey, is everything okay? You've been doing some long distance running mm -hmm. lately. I got a word over you behind your back with one of our students about a month ago. It's been a while ago. It's Tinsley. Yeah. I'll, did he tell you? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I just stopped in the middle of the class. So Tinsley, father says, run Micah until he dies. Resurrect him, something like that. Micah, here's the misconception. Somehow we think our next season will be the one that we get settled in. My wife and I, you want to hear a story? Yeah. Two weeks ago, not two years ago, father says to me, sell your house. I run it by Wendy. She says, this is God. We said, we're going to rent. There's no rental places around here. A rental house falls in our lap. And God says, I'll show you what's next when I show you what's next. And like Wimber said, you know, I'm just loose change in the father's pocket. I think when we find uh, comfort in anything other than him, he just doesn't like it, especially when we have a big old annoying in our lives and an mm. assignment. What has been this, what has this journey of discomfort been like? I mean, no one likes it, right. but what's it been like for you? Cause you, you're, you're closer to the father now than I've ever seen you. How did he do it? Well, you know, he, he, he sends storms sometimes. And so he puts you in situations where even though we cling to comfort, he puts you in situations where even the clinging to comfort doesn't give you comfort. Um, that's great. And, and so it's, I think it's his doing, he does it and puts us in a place where we go through things, where we face our own pain, where things that we don't want to face, we have to face. Yep. And on the other side of it, that's, there's a lot of peace because we realize all the things that, um, that we were afraid of, you know, 99% of them are not true and they're not coming to pass. And, you know, I, I think that's the only way to grow is to go through stuff. Um, and, and so then on the other side of it, you stop wanting to wish that you're going to have a season. Well, sometimes you stop wanting, it. You, but you, you're not as intimidated by another season of challenge because you know that challenge brings growth and, and you see the fruit and the beauty that growth is and, um, how it changes you, changes your family, changes your community. And, um, you know, what that reminds me of. Paul and Silas get free by the earthquake. Yeah. And the, why does Paul not take off running? He had been through so much, what we would call crap. It groomed him. You would think he'd just take off running. I think yeah. didn't he like leads lead a jail to the Lord or something like that. Mm -hmm. He still did what we call ministry. I think you're getting into just some old fashioned James one leather process, gold process. And the truth is, the next storm that the father sends you away, not, not the devil. You will notice that you can fly a fighter jet pilot in that storm a little bit different. Than you could at first. Yeah. I had a wise, I'll close here. I had a wise businessman once tell me, and he saw it in my future. This was a long time ago. He said, Chad, you know, the only difference in a million dollars and a hundred million dollars. And I said, I don't, I didn't know what he meant. 
He sent a few zeros. So like you steward a little, he gives you more. You steward that, he gives you more. And then by the time you started sending them out in, of any of the five capitals and having success, right? because you've been through the storms, you can steward a lot. But if God were to hand you $100 million right now, I mean, it may ruin your life. Maybe God knows best. Maybe we need some storms in the marketplace. Yeah. I bless you in the name of Jesus that you would investigate thoroughly this whole idea of ecclesia. Father, I thank you for marketplace leaders. I ask that you create a subculture even through Coach and Joe of marketplace leaders that orbit around each other, these learning merchants. I'm seeing a picture. I need to tell you what I see. Jehovah's Nikki's all over you. There's it's an ambush going on all over for you. Uh, there's actually a teaching gift on you that I told you a while back. It's just going to be in a different setting than you once thought. Uh, the lights are going out on the stages in big rooms, and they're coming on in these hotel conference rooms. I just saw a picture of you and me. We were somewhere, and there was about 50 or so business leaders in there. We were teaching about spiritual capital. Maybe God's real. I'm Maybe. literally in a hotel conference room. Tonight, I'm, that's where I'm going tonight, 6 to 8, for my company. I don't believe in the prophetic, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> Be blessed. Uh, spread the word, Coach and Joe. It's just a podcast that helps normal, messy people heading towards the marketplace. Jesus is coming for a business near you. That's the stupidest ending I've ever had. God bless. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.